just want to say again, I appreciate uh, all the work so many people uh, put into today. So many people that invited. Um, you know, I, I told Shelly we could have 30 people here today, we could have none. And I thought for a moment we had none. And then I, I, when, I, when I walked in, I said, no, somebody did show up. Uh, I know that happens intentionally, uh, inviting people, that is. And I really appreciate that. Uh, so many people that worked uh, to cook uh, in the kitchen, in their kitchens last night, that worked to set up out here this morning and tear down. Uh, I'm still sweating from hauling tables. Uh, so many people that made it their business to, just to make their way uh, around the room and to greet people. Um, those things don't happen accidentally, and that's part of what makes this a great place to be. Uh, this afternoon, I wanted us to think about a word that, that we don't use very much. As a matter of fact, if we heard someone use it, we would probably think it was quite suspect. It's the idea of being a fool. Uh, immediately what comes to my mind when I think about being a fool is I think about Mr. T. And I grew up in the generation of the A-team, and you know, Mr. T, he said, I, I pity the fool. And, and we, all, we all heard that. Well, what, what was he saying? What is a fool? Because uh, the Bible talks about fools a lot. Matter of fact, the Bible uses that word probably, not probably, I know, a lot more than I would feel comfortable using that word. But it's all throughout the Bible. And I don't think it really has the connotation that sometimes we think it is. But it still has a very negative connotation. A fool is someone, a fool is simply someone who just doesn't have much good judgment. They don't have good judgment. Now, I always compare it to someone who is very wise. You know, we've known people who are filled with wisdom. I'm looking out in this room this evening, and some of you have got wisdom. And wisdom that only... Not you, Dustin, okay? I, he gave me a look like I was talking... No, okay. Uh, and not you either, Chandler. But, but, the, but, but wisdom comes when we take knowledge, right? And we can see all the facts, and we can see how all those facts lead to a conclusion. And a lot of times when we're dealing with things in our life, we will go to people who have wisdom and say, and we'll say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what's going on. Help me know how I should respond to these things. And people who are filled with wisdom generally have a pretty good answer. Well, the very opposite of that is a foolish person. Someone who looks at all of the evidence, at all of, all of, the, all of the facts, and then they go out and they make a terrible decision. That person is foolish. And over and, the, over, and over, the Bible uses that, that idea of a fool in, in that way. Probably the most, well -known, the most well known usage of that vocabulary comes from the Psalms. And, and sometimes we'll see signs in people's yards or whatever, or, or bumper stickers of this verse, right? The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Uh, not just once, but twice, the psalmist would say that. Uh, this world is filled with people who deny the very existence of God. And the Bible says that is a very foolish thing to do. What is the Bible saying? It's saying that if, if you look out at this world and you don't think there is a God, then you're not very good at taking evidence and inferring a logical conclusion from that. Because the reality is that the evidence for God is everywhere. So much so, the evidence for God is overwhelming we ought to be able to see it. Paul made the, this argument in Romans chapter 1, did he not? When, when he said, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature, they have been clearly seen, clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. 
And Paul is saying the same thing that the psalmist was saying, is that if someone looks at the world that is around us and cannot, and cannot infer from that that God is, well, there, there, there's foolishness there. There's foolishness there. Uh, one of the better documentaries, and I know I've shared this before, but, but it just, I think it makes this point so well. Uh, a documentary called Expelled. How many of you guys have ever seen that movie, Expelled? No? Well, it's, it's a documentary and it's got Ben Stein on the front of it and it, it's, it's humorous done, humorously done and very well done. But you should watch it because at the beginning of this documentary, uh, they are showing uh, scenes of where people have said we have come from through, through the ages. And, and, and they show like this 1950s sci-fi movie and aliens and how some people even have, have said that, that maybe we, we, we might have come from, from, from aliens who planted us here. And it's kind of a big joke. And of course now we know better than these things. And then they get into the documentary about how people are trying to, to squash the idea of the existence of God, especially in higher education. And at the, end, at the end of the documentary, you've forgotten about the introduction, but at the end of the documentary, they are interviewing Richard Dawkins. And Richard Dawkins is the, probably the, the leading voice amongst atheistic ide ideology, not in our country, within our world. And they begin to ask him some, some questions about where we came from. And they begin to ask him about all of the great design that we see within the universe and, and, and how... How could anyone say that we just happened? And here, the, the, the leading spokesman for those who fight against God within, within our civilization says, says this. He says, well, I suppose the, the only explanation I could come up with is that maybe aliens placed us here. That's the best he had. That's the best he had. And, and it just made me... That's foolish. That's someone looking at evidence and making a terrible conclusion. At the very best that those who deny God in, in, in an academic realm could come up with was with a, with a very serious look on his face. Well, we probably got here from, because aliens planted us here. Come on. That's foolish. Don't be a fool. People are foolish when they won't listen to God. Proverbs speaks of this when the Bible says, "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction." you ever known someone that you couldn't tell anything to? You just could not tell them anything. Maybe you've shaved with that person before. I don't know. Uh, but the Bible says that's foolish. For us to not be willing to listen. For us to not be willing to, cons to consider what other people are saying. Don't be foolish. When was the last time you changed your mind? When was the last time that you changed your mind about something that you thought or something that you were going to do or, or some position that, that you had taken. I'm not saying that we need to be wishy-washy or tossed to and fro. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if we're going to be wise people, we have to listen. We have to hear what other people are saying because it could very well be that God is speaking to us through those things. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1 and verse 22, the Bible says, Oh, how long, oh naive ones, will you love simplicity? Scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards, who regards reproof is prudent. Do we just bow up and get mad and angry every time somebody says something that's different from something that we expected? Or do we listen? Do we try to pull good things from, from, from those things? 
Don't be a fool. A fool is someone who talks too much. And I'm fully aware that I make my living talking. And, and, and I think about that quite often. But yet the Bible still says in Ecclesiastes 10, the fool multiplies words. That's why I'm trying to be quick for some of you today. The fool multiplies words. I just said that sentence twice. Um, anyways. <laughs> no man knows what will happen. And who, who can tell him what will come after him? The fool talks too much. We don't need to talk just to hear ourselves speaking. I don't want to be guilty of that. James said in James 1 and verse 19, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Don't be a fool. Sometimes one of the wisest things you can do is sit there silently and listen. Even when you have something to say or you have something to add and you keep it to yourself. That's hard to do sometimes. Sometimes that's what keeps you from being a fool. A fool... A fool is one who has a short fuse. You know, sometimes men even brag about it, about their tempers, and, and that really bothers me. But the Bible says over and over that anger is something that's foolish. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9, Do not be eager in your heart to be angry. And we may read that and we say, well, why would anyone want to be angry? I'm convinced there's a whole generation of people who are just, who are just wanting to be angry. They're looking for something to be mad at. And a lot of you have, have met those people and you've interacted with those people. Do not be eager to be angry. Anger resides in the bosom of fools. It's just foolish. It's foolish to walk around with a chip on your shoulder. It's foolish to walk around mad at the world. There are wonderful and great things that should bring joy and peace and happiness into our lives. There's no sense in being angry all the time. James said in James 1 and verse 20, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I like to think about that every time I'm, I, I'm starting to get angry. And that happens, right? And, and anger isn't always sinful. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. So there's a way to be angry without sinning. But most of us, when we get angry, what does it lead to? What happened the last time you got angry? At your husband? At your wife? At your kids, um, at the people you work with, at the people who were checking you out at Walmart. What happened the last time you got angry? Well, for most of us, we could say it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't a godly thing that happened, right? And that's all James is trying to say. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. If what I want to be is righteous, I want to have to deal with something that stands behind me, and that's my anger. Don't be a fool. Don't walk around just ready to blow up at the world. Don't be a fool by failing to honor God. Jesus told a parable about well, the man that we call the rich fool. God had blessed him, and he built bigger barns, and he prepared for the future. But the Bible says that that man who had been blessed by God was a fool. He was a fool because he failed to be rich towards God. He failed to honor God. We have so many blessings. May we, may we never buy into our own productivity. May we never buy into the lie that seems so good to us that we have created our own success. May we never look at all that we have and fail to recognize this came from God. I want to honor Him. 
whether it's a little or a lot, I want to honor God for what He has done and is doing in my life. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool by failing to honor God. Don't be a fool by allowing anger to rule your life and lead you to places that you would be ashamed of. Don't be a fool today by talking too much. Don't be a fool by failing to listen to what other people are saying. Don't be so foolish as to look at the evidence for God that surrounds us and live our lives as if God did not exist. Ultimately, before Jesus went back to His eternal abode, He told a parable. A parable about ten virgins. And He said in that parable that the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. You see, we live in a world where there is ample evidence that God is. We live in a world where God has left us within the pages of His Word, His will for our life. We live in a world where His grace and His mercy is continually extended to each and every one of us. We live in a world where He has told us that He's going to be coming. The question is, are we wise? Do we look at the evidence that, that, that is there that we just talked about in very, very briefly and make the wise choice to fear God and keep His commandments, to serve Him and to prepare for the day when our King will return? Or do we look at the evidence and make the foolish choice to act like He's never coming and live our life simply for the moment? Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 26-27, through Everyone who hears these words of Mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and burst against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Of course, we know the rest of the story, but there was also a wise man who built his house on the rock. And all we're asking, all our Savior is asking, is that you be wise. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool this morning. Be wise today. Because if you're not in Christ, I know it's Sunday afternoon and we've got a little bit different, different group of folks here, but, but there are some of you who are here this afternoon who can't tell me about a day when you were baptized into Christ and your sins were washed away. Don't be a fool. Be wise. Take care of that. Come in obedience to Christ. If you're here today and sin has ruled your life, don't be a fool. Repent of those things. Overcome those things. Put that shame behind you. Be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the invitation. That's the desire of God for us to all be wise men. Because the rain is coming, and the storm is coming, and the, and the flood is coming. But our house will stand firm when we follow Jesus Christ. As if you have a need this afternoon, why don't you come as we stand and as we sing?